Hi, and welcome to another episode of Can't Stop the Growth. I'm your host, Chad Peterman, and today I'm going to touch on the first part of a two-part episode entitled Six Fatal Flaws of Leadership. I discovered these fatal flaws after reading um, and listening to uh, John Maxwell. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast at all, you know I'm a huge fan of Maxwell. During this particular future leaders meeting, uh, I I touched on the six fatal flaws and how we can work to avoid these when it comes to leadership. In this first part, we'll touch on the first three and really just, again, how these flaws can find their way into leadership and how we can work to avoid them. So without further ado, hope you enjoy the audio. All righty, welcome. I've got a podcast that, uh, that I listen to fairly regularly, uh, had a, a two-part series on there, The Six Fatal Flaws of Leadership. I mean, as I got to listening, I was like, you know what, I think this is, uh, this is something that uh, we can all take stock of as we're developing our leadership skills, as we're, you know, moving through and and, and wanting to improve, um, understanding what these flaws are uh, is incredibly powerful. Um, You know, the the saying that, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, I I think having an understanding of of where we could come up short, um, you know, life and leadership and everything is always throwing stuff at us. Um, And it's very easy to get off track. And I think having kind of an inventory of when things do get a little bit tougher, um, you know, where am I in relation to these, these potential flaws? Um, you know, I can tell you, and I'll, I'll touch on some of them as I go through, you know, there, there's definitely some of these that, that, that I struggle with. Um, and it's not one of those things like you're going to conquer it. It's just a matter of you're going to fade into it, but then how do you, how do you recognize and then, and then potentially pull yourself out? So the key for me in this, as I was looking over my notes this morning um, and, and making some, uh, some additional ones, you know, the thing that I pulled out of this um, is that you're in complete control of being your best. Um, each one of us has the opportunity to continue to get better. Um, we have the opportunity to improve. Um, we've got the opportunity to overcome some of these areas that could lead us astray. And it got me thinking about, uh, you know, I always try to relate this to like things that are going on in, in, in the business and, and challenges that we're having. And I think the one that we've really tackled here recently, um, over the past couple of weeks, is really focusing on what we can control. You know, it's very easy to focus on what we can't control because obviously that allows us to not take responsibility, blame someone else, so on and so forth. But what can we control? What are those things that are within our power to potentially make better rather than, well, that's not my fault. Well, you know, if if they would only just do this, it would be better. Uh, you know, focusing on, on the right thing is key, um, and our focus shifts all the time. You know, where are we focused? We're focused over here. Well, is that the right place to be focused given the certain challenge that we may be facing? So as we look to control what we can control, these six flaws that I'm going to talk about are all things that we can control. They're very easy to control, 
but they're very easy when we understand that they could be happening. The first flaw, um, and, and I think I forgot to mention, I, I took this, this podcast is, is the John Maxwell podcast. Listen to a lot of his stuff, I'm reading a book uh, by him called Leadership right now, um, which is really, really good. I just got it the other day, and um, I've spent a lot of time reading about halfway through, um, but uh, it, it's very good. It talks about that, that need to, obviously, as the title says, is to how do we shift? How do we understand where we're at and where that may not be taking us down the right path, and then how do we shift towards the right path? So uh, in this podcast, and, and I really like the way, you may check it out, uh, Maxwell's podcast is set up. He has, there's two hosts, the, uh, the CEO of his uh, kind of, he has like seven different companies, I guess, um, and the CEO, and, and there's another gentleman, um, and they basically have, uh, the first part of the podcast is, is Maxwell talking, and then these two kind of deconstruct what he just said. So it's kind of nice. You listen, you kind of get your take on it, and then listen to these two guys who are immersed in leadership training and development. You kind of get their take on what he said. So um, really good, and that's where I kind of take, took this content from um, and then sprinkled in some of the, uh, the things that I think about. So uh, first flaw uh, that he talks about is insensitivity to others. He says in there, it's less to do with position, more to do with disposition. So when we think about leadership, uh, you know, it's very easy to confuse that, as we've talked numerous times, with the management of others. Telling people what to do, demanding that they do this, demanding that they do that. Whereas that insensitivity to others is a flaw in leadership. It's going to be very tough to lead people if you don't have a sensitivity towards them. You know, that respect and love is earned. Uh, it, it, it's not, not given. So just because someone takes over a position and, and garners a title, uh, that love and respect is not just given. And when we think it is, that's when that insensitivity develops. Because we think that because we are this position, because we have this title, you should listen. It doesn't work like that. You know, I've had a number of conversations with, um, with some of our younger guys that are, um, you know, maybe just starting out in the field, uh, just getting their feet wet, been with us maybe a year, or so, and the one thing that I continually tell them um, when I ask them, you know, how can you be a leader today? And for, for most of them, it's kind of an odd question. I mean, you can see the look on their face, somewhat dumbfounded, like, whoa, buddy, ease the cool the jets. Uh, but I think it's an important question because um, I, I think as we work to build leaders within, within the company, it's important for them to understand that this sensitivity to others can start today. And when it starts today, your path towards growing, towards taking on new responsibility to growing people will be on a rocket ship. Because when you develop sensitivity towards others, you develop influence. And as Maxwell says, leadership is influence, 
nothing more, nothing less. And I find that to be extremely true. Um, the people in this world that we follow have influence over us. Um, we respect what they say, we respect what they do, we respect how they do it. Um, and regardless of your position, you could have just started with a company yesterday. But how do you develop that sensitivity towards others? How do you reach out and help somebody? You know, at our all-company meetings, at, at the end, I urge people to help people. Just help someone else today. Just reach out to a, a, someone on the team and just help them. And I can only imagine that to probably a lot of people that just seems weird. Like, I, I'm supposed to put in a furnace today. What do you mean help somebody? I'm running service calls today. What, what do you mean help, help somebody? What, what are you talking about? I'm going to help the customer, but why would I do that? To me, the reason you would do that is because that's developing leadership. And you can imagine that a company where people are helping one another, there's a lot of growth going on, a lot of it. But for these young guys, as I said, the understanding that if they start helping someone today, they start developing influence over that group of people. And I'll talk a little bit later um, in, the, in the next fall of why that is so important. Why is it so important to gain that influence with the people on your team? Even if you're not their so-called leader, how do you gain that influence? Well, there's a number of ways you can do it. Be a hard worker, help people out, offer a helping hand, offer a suggestion. Hey, this is working really well for me. You ought to give it a shot. You know, we've talked a lot about memberships here lately. And, you know, I've urged these guys, hey, if you find something that works, call someone on the team that you know is struggling and tell them what's working. You know, everybody wants to move up and, and all these young guys, I want to be a leader, I want to move up, I want to grow my career. I said, well, it starts today. It starts today and it's very simple. Pick up your phone at some point in the day and call someone on your team and, and offer to help them. What do you mean? Well, I mean, do you know, do you know stuff? Do you know stuff that's working? Well, yeah, okay. Well, do you know someone that may not know that? Yeah, okay, well, call them, help them, by God. And it's important that we tie that very simple act, that daily action, to leadership. Because that's all it is. That's all it is. Very simple. You know, the, the other thing in, that's kind of the side of, okay, I'm not in a so-called leadership position. How do I view myself in that light? And then how do I continue to move forward? And then there's also the people that are in a leadership position where people are supposed to follow them. And an important question that uh, they pose, uh, I believe it's the two gentlemen that, that are kind of analyzing John's uh, talk from wherever they pulled the audio from. It is in regards to insensitivity to others is asking yourself the question, what is it like being on the other side of me? And to me, that kind of hit me like, oh, you know, how often do we take inventory of this conversation I'm having with somebody, what would it be like if I was on the other side of that conversation? What would that sound like? 
Would I want to listen? Would I want to run through a wall if I was on the other side of that conversation? And to me, that's kind of that self-reflection. That's kind of that understanding where we stand, stepping outside of this so-called title and role and understanding that we're there to support people. So how do I do that? Well, the first step, I think, is understanding how I come off to people. What, are, what is their perceived, um, you know, what is their perceived notion of, of my stance on this particular issue or, or problem? And then asking yourself, what's it like being on the other side of me? And then how do people on my team know that I appreciate them? You know, this is one that I have struggled with, but have, have really worked to hopefully get better. Uh, you guys may be looking at me like, yeah, got a long way to go there, buddy. Um, but, uh, you know, being, my personality type is, I'm a, a CD, so I love detail, and you know, you give me a bulleted list, that's my best friend. I can follow directions with the best of them. But I also like to get things done, and I want to move forward, and we want to you know, do all of that stuff. So balancing that is very difficult when it comes to showing appreciation. Um, and so that's been one thing that I've really tried to uh, work on is letting people know they're doing a good job. Telling people, man, you're, you're killing it. I appreciate it. It seems simple, but you have to understand that that is a critical piece of, of leadership is you know, appreciation is essentially feedback. And if you don't give people the feedback, it's very difficult for them to know where they stand. And so that's been something that, although small, I've really worked on to develop. Um, because it's not that I don't appreciate them, it's just that I don't verbalize it, I don't show it. I'm, obviously, Rhonda's already uh, poked fun at me today for not smiling. You know, my wife would tell you, emotion is not my strength. Uh, she sometimes say that I have very little. As I work through that character issue, uh, that's something that I have to kind of stretch on, which is okay. Um, the, the biggest thing is just knowing where, where I stand and, and how I may come off to people, um, and then working to, to kind of curve that. The last point on this particular flaw uh, that I thought was um, very important that I took and, and wanted to share was, you know, being sensitive to others sometimes means we must be insensitive ourselves. So a lot of times we want to, you know, it, it's only human nature. If we give something, we want to receive something in return, right? I mean, you, I give my time, I give, you know, something, I, I want something in return. And I think as, as a leader, um, it's important to not get frustrated, not develop insensitivity towards others because we don't get something in return. So when we show appreciation or we build someone up or we give someone a compliment or we think we create something that benefits them and we don't receive back that you are the greatest person on the face, you know, you are awesome, you are just killing it. Um, that's okay. That's okay. And it's sometimes when we ourselves are, become sensitive to that fact is when we start becoming insensitive to our team. 
And we've just got to be aware of that. It's natural. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen like, I cannot believe they're frustrated with this particular thing that we did. And so next time, well, you know, screw them. We're, well, I'll show them. That's not going to work. Uh, you're, you're creating more problems uh, along the way. So um, understanding where we stand as the leader, we must be sensitive to others. Um, and we must understand how we are perceived. What's it like being on the other side of me, I think is important. The next flaw that, uh, that, that John talks about is uh, a betrayal of trust. So obviously trust, big word, used often, but where does it fall in, in leadership? And uh, John says, trust is the emotional glue that binds a company. You know, for me, this has been a big, um, kind of a big initiative as we kind of started off the year with our, uh, with our Implify survey was a big piece of that that came back was the lack of feedback. And I think what the lack of feedback ultimately creates is that lack of trust. Not that it's like, you know, there's something shady going on or anything like that, but it's understanding where you stand in regard to what you're supposed to be doing, Am I doing a good job? Am I doing a bad job? And developing that trust is all rooted in communication. It's rooted in you understanding where I stand, I understand where you stand, and developing that trust um, along the way. You know, the, uh, they, they talk about uh, if you don't, um, if you don't treat people the way you want to be treated is when you start betraying trust. And that goes back to that, you know, what's it like being on the other side of me? So oftentimes you see, uh, you know, management, they're screaming at people and like just absurd stuff, like that seems crazy. But, you know, when you treat people like you wouldn't want to, there's, I don't trust you. Like, you could fly off the handle at any time. Like, this is weird. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and we have to understand not only what role that plays, but also the more important thing is what walls do we have to break down with our people based on where they previously came from. And so a lot of trust is not there sometimes simply because of someone's conditioning. Simply because of where someone came from. And it's not that you're a bad leader. It's not that you're a bad leader at all. You may have all the trust in the world in this person, but based on where they came from or what they've been exposed to, they don't trust you in the least. And so that's why it's so important to have those conversations with your people. Let them know. Really work to, when you know someone maybe came from a place, I mean, our industry's, you know, uh, you know everybody kind of knows everybody. Um, you know, if you know someone came from a place where leadership was probably not like the top priority, you're gonna have to work even harder to break down those walls, to develop that trust. Because there again, it's not you, it's just, their conditioning and where they, where they may have came from. So how do we break that down? How do we create that trust? 
the key um, in all of this, in that, that trust piece, is knowing that in order for someone to trust us, we need to be open. We need to, as we've talked, be above the line. And above the line, as, as we kind of talked uh, last time, and I came to understand, you know, above the line is not being in a great mood. It's part of it, you know, being in a great mood, being positive. It's, it's being open to learning. And when people know that you're open to learning, you're open, open to listening to them, that's when real trust begins to develop, truthfully. When they know that you're not about just being right, when, you're, when they know that you want to listen to their concerns or their issues or their problems or whatever it may be, that's when you start developing trust. Like, hey, this person's like really listening to me. It's not all about the rules and procedures and process and this, that, and the other. Like they really care about what's going on here. And so I think that's a, that's a key piece. Just because we have a title, just because we're in management, per se, doesn't mean we're always right. It's a team effort. We're all working at this together. We're constantly, constantly changing. The next flaw that he talks about is the inability to develop people. So this one um, is a lot, of the, um, a lot of the work that we've been doing over the last month is really with a focus of developing our people. You know, the key here is that uh, oftentimes when we're in a leadership position, more so a management position, it's how do I get these people to do what I want? And Oftentimes, your, your monthly goal or whatever it is, is, is predicated on growth. How do we do more than we did last year? How do we do more than we did the month before? Whatever it may be. And we have to understand that in a leadership role, it is the people that we are leading that are ultimately going to accomplish that goal. It's not us. I mean, if we've got a revenue goal, how much revenue are you producing as the, as the leader? Probably zero dollars. Zero. Pretty close to it. But if we've set a big goal of $200,000, how are we going to get there? How are we going to grow from the month before? How are we going to grow from the year before? We're going to grow when we develop our people. We're going to grow because that plumber is better this month than he was last month. That service tech knows more, is having better conversations this week than he had last week. Even down to, that technician is having better conversations today because of the conversation we had yesterday. I harp on the one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings. I believe I told someone last week that I was on a crusade. That may have been a little bit strong, but um, I, I, I 
it was like uh, one morning and I get in these moods and uh, my wife thankfully knows just to leave me alone uh, where I've like discovered something like I've learned something new and by God I'm gonna write it down type emails send stuff out like there's gonna be people are gonna know uh, what I have learned I want to share this stuff from here to wherever and last weekend was one of those weekends where I kind of discovered like we we're we we're struggling a little bit Weather hadn't been on our side, all of these things. And I'm like, what is, how do, we, how do we get this? And the one thing that it came down to was I was guilty of this flaw. The inability to develop people. That's what it all boiled down to. How much was I working with the people that were reporting to me and how much were they working with the people that were reporting to them. That's what the problem was. Is we had lost, because, and it's easy to do. When you, when you fall behind, it's very easy to, what did I say at the beginning? Focus on the things we cannot control. What can we control? We can control the conversations that we're having with the people on our team that are ultimately going to accomplish that goal. That's the one thing we can control. We can control that every single day. And so what I started doing was just having conversations with people. Just, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing it? What's that look like? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, what if it looked like this? How would that sound? What if you did it like this? Not that my way was the gospel, but whatever we were doing wasn't working all that well, so let's try something new. It's not you're wrong, it's just it wasn't working then, so let's, let's, let's do something different. No big deal. But it's that urgency that we need to have when it comes to developing our people. If we place the focus not on the budget, not on the number, but how do we make our people better? They'll hit the number. What's next, say? Provide great customer service and the revenue will follow. That's what leadership is, customer service. It's customer service to the people that we are leading. How do we provide great customer service to the people that we're leading? We develop them. We make them better today than they were yesterday. And a lot of times, that's just a simple conversation. A simple conversation. You know, he talks about the, the four skills needed to develop people. Uh, when he talks about, uh, you know, the inability to develop people. So how, how do we do this? And he talks about four skills. He talks about the first one's a good worker. So I talked about that a little bit earlier in that, you know, young guys coming into the field, um, and I always challenge them, what could you be doing better? You know, I was talking to with a, with a drain tech yesterday. This is an annual review, showing a lot of progress. Good kid, wants to learn, wants to grow. And I said, what does it look like for you to be really good at, at what you do? What's that look like to you? Said, well, you know, I, I know, I know all my know all my stuff, and uh, I think I, I think I do. I got a pretty good working knowledge of the uh, of the uh, work and all this. And I said, okay, well, what other things characterize a, a great drain technician? 
Like if you know all about the work, what other things characterize you as like a good worker? Like what raises you above everybody else in this department? And so we got to talking about all the little things that you do. You know, how are your reviews? How are your, are you, are you getting people to buy the membership? Because those are ultimately two things that determine, really tell me how good a service you're providing. Was the service that great that this customer couldn't think of any other company that they'd want to work with? Was the service so great that they agreed to put out there that they loved your service? Well, yeah, that'd probably be, that'd probably be a pretty good idea. I get, go do that on every call today. Go do that. Just go do that and focus on that. And that's that good worker. You know, oftentimes I get people who they want to they move up and they want to lead. Like, you got to be the best at what you do, and you have complete control over that each and every day. How good are you going to be? How good are you going to be? All in your control. Second part of that is what I talked about earlier. The people like me. So you got to be a good worker, and in order to develop people, they got to like you. You know, no one's going to really follow anybody if they don't really, you know, care for you. Now that doesn't mean you need to hang out on the weekends or whatever, but they got to like like you. Uh, th that's key, um, and that's why I encourage all these young guys just to reach out and help somebody. There's no better way to get someone to like you than just help them. You know, like I said, you don't have to be buddies. You don't have to be watching the same movies, hanging out, doing whatever. You know. But they gotta like you. The third skill needed to develop people is those leadership skills. How do you get people to follow you? Well, I can tell you the best way to do it is the first two. Be a good worker and have people like you. They'll follow those people. Well, that guy's the top dude and uh, yeah, he's helped me out a bunch. If he made a suggestion, I'd definitely do it. And then the last is equipping. So you're a great worker, you get people to like you through helping them, they're following you, and then you need to equip them. And the equipping piece is the development piece. What skills can I learn that I can share with you? How am I going to develop people? And this is where I always encourage all of our leaders to continually develop, continually get better. Just because you're at a position, even if you just want to stay there, like I don't have any aspirations to move any higher, I'm good where I, I love what I do, perfect. But you better be consistently getting better because the better you get, the more you'll develop your people if you put in the time. <music>